Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg, and I'm here with Eli. Hi. Hey, Eli. Good day. Good day. Tell me what you've been watching. I finally watched Cruella. Okay. The film. And? I was with in-laws, and the children wanted to watch it. Uh, I love Emma Stone. I love Emma Thompson. They're very fun to watch, and I think you said this when you saw it. That movie, cut it in half. <laughs> cut it clean in half. When they, spoiler, when they get to, they're going to go to this party and they introduce a whole new heist. Yeah. I think that I made a noise in the movie theater. Like, (sighs) (laughs) I don't understand what Disney is doing. Every, I feel like every Disney movie has this very, very long action sequence, like the back 30 minutes of the film. And is that, do people like it? I feel like the common thing that I hear from people is like, yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little long at the end. Here's what I think it is. I think it's computer animators, special effects people who just Time love to, show to hear themselves talk, so to speak, and mm-hmm. they just take way too long. Yeah. So I, the first half of the film, I was like into it. I was like, oh, this is cool. I like these actresses. It's fun. And then the second half, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is still happening. The costumes are fun. So fun. The design is fun. The there's, plot is garbage. There's a speaking of garbage. There's a scene where Cruella shows up at Emma Thompson's like party, and she's gonna ruin the party by showing off how great of a designer she is. And she shows up in a dumpster truck, like the dumpster truck like backs up into this party, and everybody like stops and looks like what? And then all this garbage falls out of the back of the dumpster, and then. Emma Stone as Cruella stands up out of the garbage and it is revealed that all of that garbage is part of this elaborate dress that she has sewn together to look like garbage. And then she climbs on the truck and it pulls away and all the garbage like fans out from the truck. And it is like one of my favorite Disney scenes I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like I wanted to rewind it and like, ooh, let's watch that again. Yeah. Like that was cool, you know? Yeah, lots of fun set pieces. Yeah. And so like clearly very creative people were involved in this. But yeah, like cut it in half is what I'm saying. Yeah, what else? There is Survivor News. So sad Survivor News. So yesterday people... People Magazine, I think, reported or somebody reported that Parvati, who is commonly thought of as like one of the best, if not the best ever Survivor player. And she's like this. She's a fan favorite. She's married to another contestant from Survivor and has had this very like positive, happy marriage, suddenly filed for divorce. And it was reported that got a restraining order against this husband and there was abuse and so there was this there was this kind of um, brief report yesterday that got passed around and shared that was really really sad, and so uh, so that that's kind of been buzzy uh, in the survivor world, and then also they released more details about the upcoming season forty one, and they have confirmed now that they are cutting the season down from thirty nine days to twenty six days. They are. Um, restricting uh, food a lot more for the contestants. So there are like way fewer resources. Apparently they're saying that the game is going to be a lot more fast paced. Uh, And they're also, they have announced that they are going to uh, have some sort of interactive element of the game with uh, the audience for the audience to like, feel like they're playing a game within the game is what they're calling it. Like American Idol? I don't think so. So historically on Survivor, 
you aren't given much more information than the people who are actually playing it. So you're kind of discovering with them as they go. And my understanding is that the show is going to start giving audience members a heads up about things that the survivors don't know and allow audience members to start solving like basically puzzles within the show in ways that are unique to how the show typically is run. I don't know exactly what that means, um, but if they are giving you a heads up and showing you stuff that the contestants aren't made aware of, um, you know, within the game, that could be kind of an interesting thing. I'm nervous about it. I don't like that they're cutting down to 26 days. I I feel like that's weird. And I like the part of the fun of survivor for me is comparing people from season to season. And so if you win a season that's only 26 days, like it kind of feels like there's an asterisk on that season compared to like people who won a 39 day season. So that's, so weird. that's almost two weeks less. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it kind of feels to me like if you, um, had like an Olympic event and then you made the Olympic event easier. Yeah. And it's the, just the like, marathon oh. was 15 miles. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well now I guess we just don't have a marathon anymore. We have something else, which I think the, the producers are, pitching it that way they're like we did 40 seasons of that game and now we're going to start a new game like they're kind of pitching it that way which feels i think that's why i feel weird about it because like i'm not ready for that game to be over like yeah and it feels like it just in some ways ended but we'll see maybe i'll love it why do you think they're doing this um i think for a few reasons i think they're always looking for ways to reinvent and part of the reason why survivor has lasted now 41 seasons and is like still one of the number one shows on TV. Um, I mean, they get renewed every year after year without, you know, blink of an eye uh, is largely because the show has never grown stale. They're, they're very, very active at figuring out ways to evolve the game. And I think COVID happened. They had season 40 was like such a monumental season. There were so many resources put into it. It was so critically acclaimed And then COVID happened and they went a year and a half without a season. And I think during that time they were like, now's the time to reinvent ourselves if we ever wanted to do it. You know, like it's hard to follow up the season that we just had. So let's just do something completely different. So people aren't like let down by the fact that we went back to like kind of more boring again, you know? So I I think that has a lot to do with it. I'm sure it's cheaper to film 26 days than 39. Yeah. Um, Maybe they can film more frequently if they're only doing 26 days. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I, obviously, I'll watch it and I will report. Please do. What have you been watching? Bachelor in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Speaking of islands, mm-hmm. uh, except they're in Mexico. It's not an island. So speaking of tropical locations and not enough sunscreen, it is so good this season. Mm-hmm. I am having the time of my life mm-hmm. watching Bachelor in Paradise and talking about it with Irene on Wednesdays. It's two nights a week, two hours each. <laughs> That's four hours of my week I spend watching Bachelor in Paradise. A lot of TV a it week. It is a lot. Yeah. It is most of what I'm watching, but I am, no complaints from me. Every second of it is magnificent, and I would be fine if it lasted year round. So check out our episodes on Wednesdays recapping what, Bachelor in Paradise. What makes this season so good compared to others? They are super amorous, I think, because they were all locked up for a year and a half. They just cannot handle being around all these hot people on a beach. And it's Stephen watched it with me for the first time. 
And he said, wait, are these people drunk? And the answer is yes, always. Always, yeah. Always drunk. Yeah. And they act like it. Ugh. Incredible television. They have to just feel sick all the time. Oh, yeah. And it's getting to the point in the season where it's you're thinking you're slightly wet all the time. You're on a oh. beach and it's sandy. And you know when you get off a beach and you like put on real clothes yeah. and you do your hair and you go to dinner and yeah. then you go back to a nice hotel room and watch TV. Yeah. They don't have that portion of it. They're just on the beach all the time. Really? Yeah. And you, I feel the fatigue for them, but and, I have no pity. And they're, they're just, they're drinking. They're, they're probably drinking. not eating super yeah, well. They probably feel disgusting. And they're all breaking up with people all the time. <laughs> A real emotional roller coaster. Titus <sighs> Burgess is going to be the host next week. And that's going to be. Oh. Yeah. They, because Chris Harrison yeah. did his. He's naughty. Yeah. They have been bringing in guest hosts. Mm-hmm. They had David Spade, who was hilarious. Oh, he was good. He was so funny. Lance Bass, who was really boring, and now Titus Burgess is huh. next week. Um, we've still been watching 30 Rock, and tonight I'm going to get caught up on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I'm a week behind. Okay. And, you know, a sin Yeah, to be a week behind on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And last night I watched three hours of Schmigadoon. Three hours. Someone requested we talk about Schmigadoon. I don't think this is a show you should binge. Uh, I think I agree with that. And what I will say is I think that they marketed this film incorrectly. Uh, The only marketing I saw was very brief and it was, look at these two people who ended up in this town. It's a musical. Yeah. And and I feel like the marketing and and maybe maybe I just assumed based on who was in it. I was like, oh, it's an outrageous comedy making fun of musicals. That's actually not what this is. It's a musical. It is just a musical. And like it's a little tongue in cheek because they're like, yeah. Old musicals were super cheesy and musicals just generally are cheesy, but especially like from the 40s. And so there's a little bit of that kind of like wink, wink. We know this is cheesy, but they are still just doing the cheesy thing. And there are like some elements of it that are serious. Yeah, I wanted it to be more subversive. It is pretty straightforward. A musical with some jokes. Yeah. Not a joke musical. Yeah. And I was expecting a joke musical. And I, so that's what I, I think that they need to market it as this is a musical with some jokes. And if you go into it thinking, if you like musicals, especially like old musicals, and you go into it understanding like this isn't like an SNL comedy, this isn't Bridesmaids. I think I kind of went in thinking like, oh, it's going to be like Bridesmaids, but you know, that level mm-hmm. of, con- it's mm-hmm. not. You go into it, I'm going to be watching a musical and there will be some moments that will make me laugh a little bit, but otherwise I'm just like watching people sing really cheesy songs. And I loved it. Like, I had such a lovely time in this. Yeah, I, again, I don't think it's a show you should binge because it's a lot of musical to sit and watch in one sitting. I do think I would have enjoyed this better if I was watching it weekly as it was released. Because by episode five, I was just kind of somewhere else during all the musical numbers, not really tuned in to what was happening and it was getting pretty plotty at that point. Yeah. I do think it's strong, a strong show. I think the sets are really fun. Super good. Yeah. The costuming is really fun. It feels like you're in Disneyland. Yeah. That old timey um, pantaloon wearing. They did a really good job creating that world. Really happy. I think Cecily Strong and... Keegan. Keegan. 
What's Keegan's last name? Ke- Key. Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key. I thought they were great. And I actually really liked their chemistry. Okay, we need to talk about that then. Well, let's. Because I think I disagree. Tell me. Uh, I love Cecily Strong. She's my favorite part of SNL. I think she's terrific in this. I really like her. I don't like Keegan-Michael Key generally. In anything? He plays the same part. To me, I see him play the same part over and over again. And that is dude who's just kind of a jerk and never improves, but the movie or TV show wants you to root for him anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just thought he was kind of an ass in this. And I did not li- I didn't think that they had great chemistry. And th- this was the hardest part that I had in this film was, or in the show, the show wants you to root for their relationship. Yeah. And wants you to like be excited when they get back together. But the entire time I was like, no, Cecily Strong, like go get somebody else. This guy's a jerk. He doesn't change. And then the final conclusion is she's like, oh, I just expected too much of you. And I was like, no, all we saw, like all these flashback depictions were him like being a jerk to you. Like they show this scene where she's a bridesmaid and she's like up with all the other bridesmaids at this wedding and they call up all of the bridesmaids plus ones to come dance with them. So all these dudes go up and start dancing with their um, significant other and he refuses to get up and is like waves her off and she's embarrassed and she's like standing there dancing by herself clearly embarrassed and like there's no apology for it and there are multiple scenes like that flashing back where he's just like a jerk to her and in the end she's like oh I just expected too much of him and we're in love and so like I think they, they needed to make him way more likable for me to like be behind this marriage he, I thought he was the weak point of the show I didn't think he was a jerk in the after the wedding debacle he did apologize and I thought it was pretty clear that it was because he's uncomfortable with the idea of marriage and that's brought up later Mm -hmm. and I do feel like in a lot of the flashbacks they made you think he was a jerk and then he'd do something to disprove that he was a jerk so maybe it's because I've had relationships with straight men (laughs) And my expectations are different. Oh, straight men. <laughs> Let's not set the bar low for straight men. I'm watching this guy and I'm like, <laughs> I would not last 30 minutes in a relationship with him because I'd be like, goodbye. And I just wanted so much more for Cecily. I don't know. I thought the message was very much relationships are work and compromise. Mm-hmm. And true love isn't she finding... she's the only one compromising. He, the whole thing with the door was you have to put in more work than this. And it was a realization for him that you have to actually try in things. Uh-huh. And that's so he was going to try harder Again, in their relationship. This is such a low bar for straight men. Listen, man. Her, the thing that she had to do just, is accept that he was a jerk. And the thing that he had to do is like, try basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's a woman's plight. I don't know what to tell you. And, and if that's the reality... It is what it is. I'm, I can't change the world. But what I'm saying is as a viewer of this, it, I had a very hard time being excited for them to get back together. Okay. That was like not a thing I was rooting for. The rest of the casting in this, phenomenal. Kristen Chenoweth is, was so outrageously fun for me. I think she wins the series. And she has her number, um, Tribulation and Strife, mm-hmm. which is a parody like of the music man's uh, trouble. Yeah. I, I like rewound and rewatch that scene like three times. Cause I thought it was so fun. And like, if you're not going to get into the show, like at least like Google the, the clip of Kristen Chenoweth singing tribulation and strife. It is such a fun scene. You, you're giving me like 
weird vibes about what I'm saying. Because I was thinking about the scene I liked most, which was when Cecily Strong is doing a parody of Do Re Mi, but she's explaining the female reproductive yeah. system <laughs> because she's an obstetrician. Yeah. There were those moments were really funny. I wanted about double those moments. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this was lost between it didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that frustration. Yeah. Um, Alan Cumming, great. great. The Fred Armisen, I didn't love. He was fine. Fred I, I really like Fred Armisen a lot. He was fine. The 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 gay love story plotline made me feel a little icky. I don't like I'm I really get uncomfortable when you're supposed to be rooting for dudes who are married to women coming out and getting together because like mm-hmm. there the the story about what's happening to the women is never told very well. Grace and Frankie actually does a really good job at this, which is like I think the strong that's why that show is is what it is. Like it works because the focus mostly is on like here's what happens to the women who got left behind. And in this, they very conveniently excuse it away. Like, well, one of them's married to a jerk, Kristen Chenoweth. And the other one, she just totally understands. And it's like, I know that that does actually happen in real life, but I would like to see better like nuanced tellings of those kinds of stories if we're going to do them. Right. I agree. I was, it felt shoehorned. Why not just make the mayor single? Just make them single. That would have been so much easier to stomach this. Yeah. Or make her a lesbian as well. Like, at least do that. <laughs> yeah. Justice for mayor's wife. Yeah. Um, Jane Krasowski? Jane Krasowski. What's weird is that this is one season. Yeah. I mean, it's the first season it's, and they're going to have more oh, they seasons. they are? Yeah. So it was really funny because it's three hours and Brigadoon, which it's like kind of based off of, is like a three hour movie. And I was like, oh, they could have, this This would have just been a movie if it was olden times. But they're like, nobody's going to watch a three hour movie. Better make it a series. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. Jane Krasowski was really fun. She's fun. As essentially the Baroness from The Sound of Music, who, Justice for the Baroness. Justice for the Baroness. That woman was done so there, dirty. There was a great joke at it when uh, Cecily Strong's fighting with Jane Krasowski. At one point, she's like, and I don't know how to explain this, but I feel like you're a Nazi. And she's like, of course I'm a Nazi. <laughs> um, the Other than Kristen Chenoweth, the other standout for me was somebody I didn't know who played Imitate the Teacher. From Hamilton, correct? She's. I think she was in Hamilton. Her voice was outrageous. You know who I think had the best voice? The huh. rap scallion. He was really good who too. Who was in Les Mis. Oh, he was? Yeah, he's who? the one, Marius's friend who dies. <gasps> he did look familiar and yeah. I couldn't figure out why. He's a, he's a handsome fella. He's cute. Yeah. Yeah, he was the eye candy of this for sure. Yeah, yeah. with his little little tank top. Mm. Making bacon rap, in the morning. That rap so, scallion. Rap scallion. And I did think that's his who I scenes wanted, were funny. That's who I wanted Cecily to end up with. Yeah. I would have gotten behind that. The doctor, I was kind of like, what? why are we doing this? He, the doctor who won't treat the woman who had a baby yeah. out of wedlock. Yeah. yeah. And I do feel like at times the show was trying to do a little too much mm-hmm. when it could have simplified and maybe been a little bit shorter. But mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're trying to produce a series. Yeah. This was, I, I kept thinking watching this, this did what Glee failed to do, which is create a series based around music where you don't hate everyone. 
And, yeah. And so it was like, oh, this is possible because I feel like so Glee happened. And then what was that series star something where they made the musical about. Um, dude, is this ringing a bell? The whole who's that? It, <laughs> I'm doing that thing again where I don't know anybody's names or what anything is called. Um, Will and Grace. Who's in Will and Grace? Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing starred in this series. Like, Smash? Smash, that series. People hated Smash. This is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So you had Glee and then you had Smash. And when bo- both of those things came out, and I, of course, watched them and <laughs> hated them, and both of them were like, is it just not possible to make a series based around music and song and performance with likable characters? Because both of them had the most unlikable characters, terrible plot lines, didn't make sense. And Schmigadoon, and I was watching it, and I'm like, the plot is fine. It at least makes sense. Like, the character development was, like, consistent within the the realm of the show. The characters were mostly likable. I was like, it is possible to do this. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know what Ryan Murphy's doing. I think the problem is musicals take themselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't. This does not. Yeah. It's making fun of musicals while being a musical. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the promo? That aired before episode three. Is it a joke? No. It's not a joke. I went back and watched it a second time. Okay. There, You guys. Everyone Google this. There is a musical. It's going to come to Apple TV. It's an Apple TV exclusive called... Stage musical. It's like... Stage musical. It's just a recording of people on stage. on stage. Yeah. Come from away Mm -hmm. about 9-11 and somehow a Walmart. Somehow a Walmart. And I'm sorry, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It looks so stupid. The earnestness of this trailer, <laughs> I cannot. There's like an Irish woman in Why a Walmart. Why are they Irish? In, an, in a Walmart uh, outfit standing at the front of the stage narrating and she's like, the day is 9-11-2001. I can't, I'm not even going to attempt to do an Irish accent, but like she's like so earnest and she's like, There's a bunch of chairs lined yeah. up like they're on an airplane <laughs> like they do in preschool. My jaw was on the floor watching it looks this. so stupid. We are going to watch it. Yeah, I <laughs> cannot wait. But for next week, we have a request. Okay. For Murders in the Building. Okay. Which is on Netflix, and it has Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Okay. Gonna give it a whirl. I like that cast list. Do we have? Is it a comedy then? I mean, it has to be. I would assume so, but who knows anymore? Who knows? Up is down. Down is up. Mm-hmm. The ice caps are melting. Mm-hmm. Comedy is drama. Drama, drama is, is horror. And drama is sometimes really funny unintentionally. When Irish people are talking about 9-11, yes. <laughs> too soon? I don't know. I think it is. It feels too soon to be. I don't want to play about 9-11. Ever. Ever. Never. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. And what's our sign-off? Oh, yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.